to That's Orgasmic. You are joined by your host Emily Duncan and today we have Laura Allen again. This is part two to a two-part episode so if you haven't already listened to the first part please go back listen to that and then jump straight into this episode. Now we left off the last episode talking about sexual shame. So just a little trigger warning if anybody experiences this. This might be a little bit triggering but Laura delves into how we can try and work through the shame that we hold within our bodies. So please enjoy today's episode. I guess too for people that might um, experience shame within their bodies with their like breasts as you said there's a lot of negative things that are attached to breasts and our pussies is there do you have like any advice maybe if they someone that does hold on to that shame on how to break that down or that first step to try and move past that mm. yeah shame yeah gosh shame is so painful yeah, oh it it's I feel like it's just the most uncomfortable unbearable sensation to to experience and it's no wonder we will do anything it takes to hide elements of ourselves hide parts of ourselves that we have deemed unlovable due to some kind of shaming throughout our life's experience I feel when it comes to you know really deeply learning how to access and digest and dissolve the discomfort of shame throughout various experiences in your life you really do need to work with someone in some capacity I think you know this is a very uh profound and tender topic so I really recommend um seeking help yeah like seeking help I would personally go for a body-based practitioner so someone who has a, a, a training in some kind of somatic modality um, because they're going to really help you to work with the felt sense of it rather than going to a therapist or a psychotherapist or even a counsellor where they will simply want to talk through the experience. Mm. I'm a huge advocate for psychotherapy and long-form cognitive-based therapies. Simultaneously, I think, you know, healing is a puzzle and we need a whole range of different skill sets to assist us on that journey um, but for anyone who is at home and sort of wants to start working with it in their own space oh gosh yeah the first thing that I would say is to really resource yourself okay first and foremost this is about laying the foundations if you are stressed and overworked if you're feeling overwhelmed and really busy if your diet is you know not great if you're feeling inflamed if you've got poor gut health if you're feeling foggy and tired all the time uh, you know, you're not going to have a whole lot of capacity to process and digest more of the bigger stuff that you're experiencing within. So I would start out first and foremost with your holistic health, you know, perhaps put drinking down for a month or so and 
start, you know, incorporating some more green smoothies, taking walks, exercising, you know, really allowing the foundations of wellness so that you're building your body's capacity to process and digest bigger and more uncomfortable emotions. That's the first port of call. Secondly, I would start to really uh, work with identifying the felt sense. So what I mean by the felt sense is focusing and breathing into sensation in the body. So emotions are things like anger, rage, sadness, joy, laughter, happiness. Those are emotions. Sensations are hot, cold, light, expansive, contractive, heavy, sharp, prickly. And these are things that we can feel and sense within the body. So if you're starting to notice contraction when, say, say you're going to have a pleasure practice and you're feeling a lot of contraction or shame around it, start to really focus on the felt sense of what you're experiencing. So instead of going into story, uh, this person said that when I was little and fuck that guy and my ex and this thing happened, those are, you know, it's valid and has its place, but that's story, that's mind-based. Ask that to take a seat for a moment and come back into the body through breath. Be really careful with this, by the way. You know, like you don't want to go to, like when it comes to the activation scale, zero feeling feeling nothing, 10 feeling like completely overwhelmed. Uh, You want to stay around a five or a six. Like you don't want to be pushing this. Take it slow, take it easy. And then just going into the body, breathing into the felt sense. Okay, what am I experiencing right now? Just demo it in my heart. So I'm noticing sort of like a a tense, small ball right above my heart on the left-hand side, sort of up towards my collarbone. Seems to be getting a little bit bigger. It feels really sharp. It's also quite cold, like a concrete ball, just like banging on the floor in my chest cavity. I'm simultaneously on my right side feeling a sense of warmth, a sense of lightness. It feels like a cocoon. So you get the gist. That's a very mm. quick demonstration, but you get a get an idea of what it actually looks like to speak to and to feel what the felt sense is. And just like how you get an ice cube out of the freezer and put it in your hand, when you first experience it, it might be sticky, it might be really cold, its edges might be sharp, it might have some ice dust on it. But the more that you look at it and observe it, it starts to change. It gets yeah. warmer, its edges soften, it melts. There's a dewy sensation there. And that's exactly what happens with the felt sense. Mm-hmm. So the more that you can stay with the feeling, the more that it will process and move and digest through you. Yeah, definitely. And I guess, too, with, like, feeling sensations, nothing's constant. It's never going to just stay the same. It's all fluid and constantly moving with our energy and the world around us. And, yeah, I think I know myself. um, Before I started looking inwards and working on self-awareness and things, there's that fear of this is something when you're feeling those things that it's so overwhelming and you're not going to be able to feel anything else and you're going to be stuck within that, whereas it's never the case. It's always fluid and evolving and um I guess being aware of that is something that could be quite beneficial 
Mm, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, I'd love to kind of jump back a bit to um, having sex and I want to talk about, um, I think there's a, with like long-term partnered, like cisgendered, heterosexual sex and casual sex in the same kind of um, field, there's obviously a difference in the way that like we communicate how comfortable we are our confidence and just the style of sex too I mean I found personally do you feel like someone who wants to have the best casual sex they're not really looking for that long-term like practice with somebody do you have any advice that might differ from that long term on how they can make the most out of those experiences that they're having oh what a great question yeah um i'm all for casual sex i'm all for one night stands if it feels right for you i think that being the like first and foremost the first point that we should talk on is like um being sexually empowered and sexually liberated has nothing to do with how much sex you're having it has nothing to do with how many people you're having sex with and so a lot of the time as women go through this like sexual empowerment liberation journey there can sometimes be this like deep rebellion to the patriarch to the shaming of their sexuality and so they want to go out there and you know be loud and proud and and it's beautiful and I love this and I'm so here for it and I think it's incredible and very much an important part of the process and I think while doing so it's really important to be grounded in a true sense of uh, boundaries consent and self-respect so what that means is just really knowing that when you're going into any experience that you're feeling that full body yes um really checking in with all five centers of your body so you've got the head the heart the gut the womb and the pussy that all have their own input when it comes to intuition and a yes or a no and just so before going into any experience just like feeling whether it's a yes or no and what makes sex great right what makes sex great things like play makes sex great communication makes sex great boundaries make sex great consent makes sex great intimacy makes sex great those things can be established very quickly with someone. So just because you're having casual sex does not mean that you abandon all of these needs that you have for an incredible sexual experience. So when you're flirting and engaging with someone that you want to have you know, a sexual experience with, set a boundary with them and see how they respond. Play in that magnetism space. Be bold in your communication and test them to see if they can meet you in that communication space if you say something to them like that's quite you know not confronting or like in their face but if you ask them a question around something quite intimate like uh what are your biggest fears around sex or you know something like that that can really spur quite a deep conversation you can do this really playfully it doesn't have to be really serious but if someone is like you know freaked out by that question you probably don't want to sleep with them because 
you're deeper than that. You're not like mm-hmm. some basic bitch. Like you want to have incredible sexual experiences. So use your level of communication, your relationship to boundaries to test the waters with people that you are potentially having sex with. Um, another great thing before going into, you know, a, even a one night stand experience is to sit down and drop in together before having sex. So I love doing uh, lusts, loves, and lusts, loathes, and desires. So you sit down, you have, you take turns sharing with one another, like, what do you lust for? Like, what is the thing that turns you on the most, you know? And then you go into loathes, like, what is something that you really don't like in the bedroom? So for example, like my partner sometimes will use, like go to use his saliva as like a form of lubricant and it actually makes me want to vomit in my mouth I (laughs) literally cannot stand it I hate it with with passion and so yeah it's like it's that doing that practice gave me an opportunity you know in a way that felt really safe for me because I too am working on my boundaries and sometimes when I'm naked and vulnerable and in the moment I'm still working on building the courage to say no, I don't want to do that. So mm-hmm. creating that container outside of a sexual, sexual experience and being able to say, I hate it when you, you know, use saliva as X, Y, Z has eliminated the possibility of that happening and has given me the ability to drop deeper into pleasure in my sexual experiences because I've communicated the boundary easy mm-hmm. and then desires. So what do you really want this experience to be like? It's kind of like setting an intention. I really want this experience to be super nourishing and I want it to be real mushy and sensual and yum and transcendental or whatever. So that can be really erotic and that can be really deeply intimate. And, you know, again, it's exercising those communication tools that will act as a filter. So if someone's not meeting you in that space, yeah, don't sleep with them. Do not self-abandon for connection. Yeah, absolutely. That is so empowering that (laughs) I know myself. I think I missed the part where you're testing the waters beforehand and see if they're going to meet you at what you need. And I think I just jumped straight into the bedroom and straight into having sex to work that out. And it's so draining. And I've only realized the past like couple months how draining it feels afterwards and I'm just like it just doesn't fulfill what I want so I think actually having I guess that confidence too to have those conversations beforehand because I think sometimes I get a bit um like a bit scared to speak up and do it and like I Mm. sometimes too especially if what I do I don't I don't know what I think it's a little bit of shame don't want to come across too I guess sexual because they're already sexualizing me with a lot of like you know being a sexology student having my podcast and social media they instantly think I'm this crazy like you know freak in the sheet so I think I sometimes try and avoid that kind of sexual chat even if that's completely what I want for them so I think yeah that's something Mm. I know I need to work on that you know that conversation beforehand and I think it would make it more exciting too because you both kind of know what each other want then before you even get started yeah definitely definitely and just knowing that like as you grow and as you start to embody your I guess yeah your your power more in the space 
the people that you attract are going to change. So like, you know, and that can be a little bit clunky in the beginning, but just know that not everyone is going to be into it and not everyone is going to be able to meet you. And you need to be prepared to let those people go. And you need to know that on the other side is going to be a new spectrum of lovers that can meet you in that space. And it's simply about, you know, doing a lot of that, like really beautiful self-care stuff, hand holding that part of you that's feeling really scared to speak up for your needs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is the sort of stuff that we do in like one-one coaching. It's like, cause it's deep, you know, it's deep stuff. It is and deep stuff. It's, it's, it's unique to everyone. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. It's just an element of, of looking after yourself, looking after the part of you that feels scared of being rejected or of not belonging or of not being enough. If we don't just like, get in the bed and shag or whatever um yeah and just like learning slowly at a pace that feels right for you in a way that feels really safe for you to start to learn and communicate your needs yeah definitely and I think too I know I've done in the past and a lot of people do when you have somebody you sometimes just want that person so you put those needs to the side instead of actually putting yourself first and there's always going to be someone out there. There's so many people in the world. Like there's going to be people who can meet those needs. Uh, so I guess mm. it's just like building that that confidence and that self-love and empowering yourself to be able to you know, put yourself first and those needs and boundaries. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So if we are, so back to like long-term relationships and the sex isn't what we are desiring anymore what can we like do within that that space and having that I guess conversation with our partners when we want to change how the sex is Mm. yeah great question uh you know it's it's challenging to answer for everyone because every couple is so unique yeah of course um often what I find you know potentially with my clients who are married and have kids it's not it's not that they don't love each other or that they don't you know want to have sex with each other it's that they've lost intimacy with each other and it's actually got nothing to do with with the sex I mean there's like so many answers to this but basically there's no touch there's no there's no play there's no Mm -hmm. there's no deep chats while watching the stars there's none of that anymore they're 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 very much in the day-to-day of their lives and they've forgotten to see each other for the first time like they did when they first started dating. Yeah. So when I work with couples like that, the invitation is to focus on intimacy and not sex. In fact, we take sex off the table. It's like, we're not here to have sex. We're here to focus on intimacy. And guess what happens? They start having sex. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. And, you know, so there's that element. Another piece is... um. I notice in a lot of couples is where one of one person in that relationship feels like they are participating in service sex. They're only having sex to service their partner. Um, And there's a real bulldozing over what they truly want and desire. 
And even if it's a no in their bodies, even if they don't want to have sex, they do it anyway. This is deeply detrimental to our sexual self-esteem. Um, and so over time, that can be very destructive to your desire, to your libido, and to your connection. That can build so much resentment and a lot of pain in relationship. Um, and often, you know, what happens is that we're sort of having status quo conventional sex. You know, it's like, it's a bit of a quick fuck. It's all about it's all about the fuck. It's all about the mm. orgasm. It's all about coming. Um, there is no relationship to a holistic sex practice that is more about uh, connecting to the divine, that is more about healing, that is more about radical self-expression, that is more about play, that is more about pleasure than it is about coming. So mm. there can be a real journey of completely starting from scratch your sexual experience as a couple together and if you're both on board with it it can be hugely empowering and beneficial um so great things to do is to yeah start seeing a sex coach you know someone like myself or somebody else um someone who can give you guys some really tangible tools to uh start incorporating in your relationship going to workshops, go to like a couple's massage workshop, you know, mm -hmm. little things like this to help you reestablish a connection to pleasure and love without the expectation of sex. I notice a lot of my particularly female clients hate it when their husbands come up to them and touch them. They instantly contract and go into a no energy because he, they think that he's trying to instigate sex yeah, so they will yeah. turn away and turn and run away from any touch any intimacy any type of connection because over time they've learned that that equals sex and they don't want to have sex and they especially don't want to have the same boring basic bitch conventional sex that they've been having with their partners yeah but they don't yet know how they don't even know about their own pleasure yet and they don't even know how to have these holistic sex experiences so yeah there's you know there's a lot of invitation there for you know you as individuals as well within the relationship to start to explore your bodies again and relearn because we're constantly evolving and changing what turns you on now what do you like now what do you want now we to, to expect to, to have the same style of sex for the rest of your life is absolutely ridiculous. It's like you wouldn't stay in the one same job for your entire, I mean, some people do, but like, you know, that's not necessarily optimal. Yeah. Um, we're always constantly growing and evolving and it's the same in the bedroom. It's the same within our sexuality. It's the same within our pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I know one thing that really resonated with that resonated with me then was how um, with women when their partners come and touch them, how they get can be quite really turned off. I've seen that before and I've never thought of it in that way. I think I've just seen like older couples and things like, oh, they're just, that's just them. You know, that's what happens when you get older. I've never thought of it from that perspective. Um, so that's really interesting. Now, I would love to know what is something that is orgasmic to you? Something that I'm really enjoying currently is the way that sound 
moves and vibrates pleasure through my body. Uh, yeah, I've really been working with sound a lot, sort of unintentionally actually yeah. over the last <laughs> six months or so. And the more comfortable I have become with sounding, uh, it's just so yummy and liberating. And, you know, even when I'm not in a sexual experience, just like, doing a big sigh in the middle of the day you know in my living room with my flatmates around and just being yeah. ah you know oh yeah I'm even doing it now it's just like yum it just feels really good in my body and it's very yeah I find it very orgasmic <laughs> yeah I love that now where can my listeners find you and um find your content yeah, so the best the best way to connect with me is on Instagram. It's my favorite place to show up and serve. Uh, you do need to type in my exact handle because I'm I'm shadow banned due to like the you know yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, so my handle is underscore Laura L A U R A underscore Ellen E double L E N. So if you just type in that username. I'll come up and yeah, come and give me a follow, uh, reach out to me in the DMs. I always love connecting with people. Other than that, you can check out my website. It is www.laura-ellen.com. You can also check out, I have a podcast as well. It's called the Sexual mm-hmm. Wellness Podcast. There's nearly a hundred episodes on there. Oh, that's amazing. Um, I know, it's so cool. So uh, yeah, come and check check that out. You can find it on Spotify, iTunes, you know, all the places. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge. It's been a great conversation. Yeah, thank you so much. As always, Shaggers, please reach out with any comments, questions or stories either through my Instagram, That's Orgasmic, or my email, emilyduncan at that'sorgasmic.com. Please leave a review as I would love to know what you're thinking and subscribe on whatever platform you use to listen to this podcast to make sure you never miss an episode. So thank you, Shaggers, and I'll see you next week. (laughs)